You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 201 of the Black Eagles Podcast. I'm your host, Sinan Sporting, live from New York City. Getting chilly over here. Getting cold. Winter's coming. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're back once again with some more Besiktas talk. I promised a phase two and a shift in the multiverse, but um, slight delay on those plans. It was I was overstating. We were, we had a special episode planned with Aaron. It's still planned. It's coming. Uh, he mentioned how busy he is, so uh, yeah, that's happening. Um, but yeah, back at you again with some more chatter, if you will, about Besiktas. Of course, we're fresh off a match against Alanyaspor. Um, you know, I think a lot of us were hoping that with this last international break, Besiktas would kind of turn the page, stake out a new path for ourselves, if you will. Of course, we had a difficult opponent. Uh, Alanyaspor had held on to third place for much of the season. They'd slipped into fourth. Um, because of matches played coming into our match uh, from this 13th match day. But, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the form of Alanya score. Operation is in effect as of right now. Because, you know, uh, that's what we do around here. We're thorough, even if, the, you know, whatever. Um, basically, five matches go, they... Played against Kaiseri Spor. Were uh, victorious 6-3 at home. The next match against Fenerbahce. They were victorious 1-2 on the road. The next match after that against Goztepe 2-2. Then against Rize, the strugglers of the Super League. They lost 2-0 on the road at, at least. Um, after Rize actually played pretty well against Trebs on the, the match before. Trabzon, of course, being the uh, current leaders of the Super League, so um, perhaps Udinese finally turned the page. Maybe that was what they needed to lose to their regional rivals. Um, but anyway, so that was the form they they were bringing in. Oh, actually, that was only four matches. Five matches ago, they drew Konya Spor in Konya, which you know always a good result. Konya is a, play, a tough place to get points in. But so yeah, that was their form, and I'm not I, rather than like talking about their roster and Allah who was good. Like we'll just do the the roster for this match, and let's let's uh, dig in, if you will, um, the lineups. First of all, of course, for Besiktas in the goal, Ersin Destanolu on the back line, Domagos Vida and Wellington uh, on the left side of the defense, Umut Merash, who seems to have staked his claim for the spot 
Then Valentin Rosier on the opposite side. Joseph de Souza in the back of our midfield with Miralem Pjanic and Atiba Hutchinson up ahead of him. Um, Rashid Ghazal on the right side of our midfield with Kyle Laren on the left. And Kenan Karaman up front with Michi Bachuay still not quite fit. For Alanyaspor, Serkan Kirintile was their keeper, a name a lot of people will recognize. Uh, on their back line, 24-year-old Nigerian Chidosi Awasiem, next to uh, 31-year-old Slovenian Miha Mevlia, uh, on the right side of their, def their defense, 33-year-old Spaniard Juan Fran, and on the left side, 28-year-old Turk Taifur Bingol, uh, in the back of their midfield, Fatih Aksoy, a 24-year-old Turk that many Besiktas fans should recognize, having joined from our academy in a, in a swap not long ago. Uh, next to him, Umut Gunesh, a 21-year-old Turk. Um, up ahead of them, Emre Akbaba, who's only 29. Uh, surprised me, actually. Efejan Karaja plays next to him, 32-year-old Turk. Uh, and opposite him on the left side of their midfield is Davidson. And then up front, of course, 28-year-old Senegalese striker Kuma Babakar. Uh, seasoned striker for them. And yeah, that would be uh, that would be it for the match. Uh, as far as, you know, who's playing, of course. Um, diving right into the, to, to, you know, what occurred in the match. Um, the real first action for me was in the 13th minute, a counter, naturally, um, from the right side. Um, he would uh, cross it, you know, kind of typically right across the box to, to, towards Kuma Babakar, um, right in the middle of the box, basically. And uh, Wellington was sort of between the two guys that it could have been going towards. One guy on the fire post, which is Kuma Bokar, and the other guy right in front of him, who I don't, I don't recall who it was. And instead of kind of staying between them to position himself to kind of properly defend should either should the ball go to either one of them, he sort of hedges towards the one guy, but then kind of just bafflingly runs out away from both in a, in a way. So I think Wellington was easily the most responsible for the goal. <clears throat> and it, yeah, it was a goal. Uh, it dropped to Kuma, Kuma Babakar, whose volley is quite classy, if we're going to be honest. Um, I guess, to be honest, the whole goal was wide open for him. So, you know, not a lot for him to do with it, but he did it well. And Alanya at home in the 13th minute of the game. The first action, it's a goal. What can you really say, you know? Um, not what you want, not how you want to start this match, that's for sure. The next action is in the 23rd minute, uh, a yellow card for Efejan Karaja. Um, Laren has a nice sort of, a, like a chance at a goal, sort of. <clears throat> Savali, he gets a pretty decent rip on it, but it skies it just a bit high. Um, and that's our first real sort of dangerous action. There was one play before, but I don't even recall it, and it wasn't in the highlight reel. Um, 31st minute, uh, a counter for, um, for Alanya, and it starts from the back, Typhoon Bingol, who actually I think 
probably had a, re a really good game. And the stats do back that up. We'll get into that later. Uh, but he starts the counterattack with a low ball from the back. Uh, it finds Davidson, um, who kind of sends it to Efejan, uh, who takes a couple steps with it and takes a shot from pretty deep out. But it's a good shot, and it's on target, and it forces a really lovely save from uh, Ersin, who had done a pretty decent job not long, not much before um, cutting out a ball as well. So it wasn't a save, but sort of was, in effect, basically a save. So um, decent stuff from Ersin to keep us in it at that point in the first half. Not a lot from Besiktas, if we're going to be honest. Uh, and to sort of compound things in the 39th minute, again from the back, it's uh, Avasiem, the Nigerian defender, who cuts in a low ball from deep. <coughs> it um, finds Efejan, who tussles with Domagos Vida. It seems like Efejan gets the, the touch on it. Uh, it sort of clearly deflects off of uh, Domagos Vida, though. Um, to Emre Akbaba with just incredibly bad luck. Akbaba gets to it with ease and is all alone. Sort of nets it in the back easily. But it's called off. And, um, you know, a lot of dispute on this. I bet our rivals were really fuming. Uh, this one was somewhat questionable, although I do think that Efejan's pass, like when he passes it, is what's sort of important, regardless of the fact that it touches Vida. Uh, and his his intent, you know, the touch, and of course, it's it's sort of whether it's a pass or a tackle, it doesn't matter. The the, the intent of the touch is to get the ball into the path of Emre Akbaba, regardless. And so I think that's why, regardless of what it does after there, and it happens to touch Domingos Vida, um, still it's called offsides. So I, I think that's probably the justification for the call, if it needs such a thing. Uh, and there it is, at the half we go in just down 1-0, to nil, although perhaps lucky at that. Um, before the half, Rashid Ghazal got himself a yellow card. In fact, it was just before that goal that was called off. Uh, in the second half, and at, the, at half time there would be subs. Alex Teixeira in for Miradem Pjanic, John Bozdoan for Atiba Hutchinson. So some interesting plays, and I think... It's safe to say it was clear that moves needed to be made. Whether or not those were the moves, it's hard to say, although I think most of us were probably actually kind of happy to see John Bozdoan. Um, and probably even Alex Teixeira, to be honest. Um, first action of the half, a yellow card for Juan Fran. Uh, in the 54th minute, they almost score again on the counter. Kuma Babakar sending in a shot that ricochets off the top of the post, down, almost back into the goal, but not, sort of just along the goal line. <clears throat> and we get it. Certainly dangerous. Uh, in the 59th minute, another sub for Bechtesh. Georges Cavant and Kudu comes on for Kenan Karaman, sending Kyle Laren up front, which is awkward. I think we'd all agree. Uh, 72nd minute, Famara Diedu. Jeju, I believe, in fact, uh, comes on for Kuma Babakar. And uh, in the 75th minute, a nice turn from Alex Teixeira and a shot um, kind of in motion. Could have easily been a goal, but Serkan Kirintila makes a really good save diving. 
and so, yeah, just not looking to be Besiktas's day, it seems. Apologies for those noises in the background if you hear them. Cats, if you don't hear them, great. Uh, hopefully the music drowns it out. Um, 83rd minute substitu substitutions for them. João Novaes in for Fatih Aksoy. Daniel Kandeash in for Davidson. 86th minute. Guven Yalchin in for Rashid Gezal. Uh, an 88th minute. Leroy Fair in for Efejan Karaja. And then in the third minute of extra time, the play starts. Umut Medash. A big slip in the back. They easily get it. I'm not sure who it was that took it off him, but easily get it up to Jeju, who makes a nice long run with it. Rounds Erson with relative ease, puts it into the back of the net. Fourth minute of extra time at this point. Um, Peshitash is down 2 to nil. The game is over. 2 to nil. Alanyaspor with the victory. Um, and I'm not going to dwell on this one too much. It was a terrible match. Besiktas, frankly, might have been Besiktas' worst outing of the season. Uh, the team looked dispirited. There was very little, like, even intention going forward. Um, I, you know, on the highlight reel, there was only really one solid Besiktas effort on goal, and it was Alex Teixeira's um, saved effort. So nobody's feeling too good about that, you'd think, uh, within the organization, you'd hope. Despite that, we'll dig into the stats, and it's odd that Mestach looks so dominant statistically. 63% of the ball to their 37, 16 shots to their 12, which surprises me. 12 chances created to their, uh, sorry, 13 chances created to their 12. Um, they had three big chances, however, towards zero and two goals. Um, 534 passes by us to their 276 ours completed an 88 percent rate to their 77 percent we conceded nine fouls to their eight we had seven corners to their five four offsides to their two um our, our 16 shots seven were off target five were on target which is weird to me um they had 12 shots seven off target three on target two of them goals um they hit the woodwork once, I mentioned it. It was the Babakar effort. Um, we had six shots inside the box. Like, I I can't even... I, I, they must have been real weak efforts, headers, you know, efforts on crosses that didn't really translate to much because I didn't really cover much on the, on the replays. There was one, like I mentioned, there was one play early in the first half that I don't re recall, and it was in the highlight reel, but that I thought looked dangerous, and it was bouncing around in the front, and we just couldn't get a, the final touch on it. Um... And then uh, it was actually a save made. Yeah, I did. Uh, anyway, so uh, there might have actually been two saves made on that one effort, or even three. So that could have accounted for a lot of the the stats there. Uh, but yeah, when you look at the stats, like the the sort of team stats, especially, you think, wow, Besiktas should have played well. Although anyone who watched this match would not feel that way. This is definitely a case of stats not telling the story. Um, I'll talk about individual stats, and, like, this is more accurate. Um, top players from, like, the highest rated down to... I won't cover anyone who's not, like, above average. Um, Typhoid Bingo, highest rated. Um, Typhoid Bingo, of course, um, had one chance created, but no goals, no assists, but still credited with a very solid game. I don't really care why I'm not going into the stats. Then it was Kuma Babakar, obviously scored a goal. 
Serkan Kirintile. Alright. Interesting. Five saves. Three of them diving saves. The Alex Teixeira one, sure. That play I mentioned earlier where he got down and saved a shot that may have been deflected. Uh, I don't remember whose shot it was even. Maybe it was Laren, I think, but... I mean, okay. They, they gave him a high rating, so... Uh, you didn't... I, I really didn't feel like we had a lot going forward, and stats are telling something otherwise. Um, Efejan Karaja was next. Famara Deju scored a goal. Uh, came on as a somewhat late sub, so I guess that's impressive statistically. Uh, Emre Akbaba. Then Doma Gojvida, the highest rated Besiktas player. Eighth highest rated player in the game. Then Miha Mevlija. Then Davidson. And then Joseph de Souza. Umut Medash. Fatih Aksoy. Valentin Rosier. Umut Gunesh. Juan Fran. Nkudu. John Bozduan. And that's it. 18th highest rated player is John Bozduan. Uh, and he's like the fifth highest rated player for Magic Josh, or sixth highest. So that says everything you really need to know. Um, so they rated Vida and Joseph the highest rated with Umit Merash kind of nipping at their heels. I'm not even going to name a man in the match. I, I wasn't impressed by anyone. I mean, I guess Vida looked fairly solid in the back. I don't think I had him pegged as being responsible for any of the goals. Um, everything was on the counter. I mean, the problem that Besiktas has is clearly defending on the counter. And, you know, you think that's a coaching issue. you got to teach the players to sort of keep their lines and, like, keep the lines close enough together that, you know, if, if one man slips, someone else is there to catch them. <clears throat> but it's, A, weird that... The, like, it's hard to believe that they wouldn't know this intuitively by now, even without being coached. You, you see the same error being made over and over again. You react at some point, whether you're being told to or not. Um, secondly, it's something that like we're good at when we're in good form and bad at when we're not. So there's uh, an obvious psychological component to it. And it's like, I mentioned it in the build-up to the Champions League matches and when I was appearing on other folks' podcast. Last season was the same story. We were terrible in the beginning of the season and terrible at the end of the season. And like when we were terrible, it's because we were giving up just opportunity after opportunity on the counter and it was just a matter of when not if the opposite opposition scored now we're kind of in that mode again and like what's crazy is that for much of the season and like the middle portion we were incredibly solid in that sense and that's it, 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 like all of our success stemmed from the back essentially so it's really confounding it's quite mysterious uh, it looks to be quite psychological. Um, supposedly, Ahmed Nur Chebi um, paid, you know, he, he claimed going into the away a match in Lisbon recently, the Champions League match, that all the players had been paid not long prior and that there should be nothing for them to worry about on, the end, on that end of the sort of psychological component. So you wonder what else it could be, if there's friction with the coach, or there's something in the staff, or among the players. It's really, you, you can't know without having direct access, and they would never let this thing leak, you'd imagine. But, um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, I'm not on the Istifa train yet. I think uh, you need a real plan B before you can kind of get off the train, especially mid-season. It adds to chaos and confusion, and I think he at least earned, with that championship run, a full season with us. Uh, obviously, like, if 
our survival becomes a question or something, sure, but whatever, like, we don't need another year in Europe, like, if that's, you know, what, like, honestly, whatever. This season seems like it's a wash. You hate to say that, 25 games left, anything could happen. Um, technically, we were in bad shape at about this point last season, too. All the players have said the same and that they need to make, turn it around and blah, blah, blah. They're, they're sort of saying the right thing. Um, but they sure they surely are not showing the right things as far as mentality and all that and the ability to make that turn around. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. My protest, rather than talking about firing this or sacking this or getting you know selling them or whoever it is i'm just gonna not name a man of the match this week uh screw you guys i'm going home uh no what i will say is um as far as the standings are concerned things are not looking pretty special touch is in seventh place uh and a number of teams could pass us yet uh, actually, that's not entirely true. Just two teams, Fenerbahce and Fatih Karagumruk, have the ability to pass us. Fenerbahce plays Galatasaray, uh, of course, later today. Um, I'm recording late night, the night before, technically, uh, here in New York City time. But um, And Fatih Karagumruk faces Kasim Pasha uh, in a few hours, actually. So who knows what will happen by the time. I mean, this will be up by then, but... 5.30? No thanks. Um, certainly not waking up that early. But so yeah, I guess in a sense things can't get much worse for us. Um, the worst that we can end this week is in ninth place, but we're already in seventh, so it's like things are pretty pretty bad as they are. Um, and there are a couple teams who could end the week one point behind us, or two points behind us. There are quite a few teams actually. So. Uh, if we keep this up, we'll we'll really find ourselves mid-table. I mean, we are mid-table, but even like more pronouncedly mid-table. At least we're on the upper end of the middle. Um, things are not looking good. It's safe to say. Next up for Besiktas in the Super League is, of course, Girasenspor. And I think we can all safely say that if they lose that one, things will be looking really bad for Besiktas. Um, but next up is Ajax, an Ajax that will be at 12.45 p.m. here in New York City on Wednesday, November 24th, a few days from now. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say. I don't, I don't think anyone's hoping for anything out of that match. Uh, Ajax is obviously going to be really tough. They're actually not in the best form um, of their season. They've had a couple draws in their league. Um, they did beat Dortmund 1-3 to in Germany, so that'll have them in high spirits. But... Uh, they've, drew, they've drawn Heracles and Go Ahead Eagles uh, most recently. So, um, you know, with Dortmund sort of sandwiched by those two draws. So a good result sandwiched by two bad ones for them, relatively speaking. For, as far as injuries go for Ajax, um, of course, Martin Stecklenberg, uh, the 39-year-old keeper, is out for the season. Um, Sean Kleiber has a knee injury. Um, he's doubtful. I didn't even know he was on their team. I don't think he featured against us. I will mention that against Go Ahead Eagles in their last match, they started with Remco Pasvier, their 38-year-old Dutch keeper. Old keepers, I guess. Uh, they also featured Julian Timber, 20-year-old Dutch 
central defender next to 23-year-old Argentinian Lisandro Martinez. Uh, on the flanks, of course, they had Nusair Mazraoui, 24-year-old Moroccan, uh, and Daly Blind, of course, on the, on the left side, 31-year-old Dutchman. In the middle of their midfield is Edson Alvarez, the 24-year-old Mexican, with Mohamed Kudush, 21-year-old Ghanaian, uh, and Davi Klassen uh, manning the midfield alongside him, uh, alongside Edson. And then up front, you've got Anthony on the right side of their flank with, of course, Dusan Tadic on the left side, and Sebastian Haller, who is uh, ripping up the Champions League this year, in the middle, up front. So, uh, you know, the same old formidable Ajax. Again, that's 12.45 on Wednesday the 24th. We will be back as per usual after that. Um, probably with bad news, uh, given how everything's gone for us thus far. But whatever, we'll be back nonetheless. Um, rain or shine, as per usual. Um, follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself, Sinan Schwarting, at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Um, I am doing a new weekly podcast about like the news and culture and sports and politics. Um, no Besiktas there. Uh, so check that out. The uh, Late Stage Podcast for the Late Stage Tribune at Late Stage Trib, T-R-I-B. Um, and yeah, um, follow us. Oh yeah, on Instagram, uh, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. But um, of course I should say, and it would be odd if I didn't. Let's go, Bashing Tosh! Even though things are not so good. <laughs> Peace out, everyone. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.